This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hi, everyone. It's Becky Robinson, and I'm so glad to be back with you for another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. And today I have the opportunity to talk with Mark Fortier of Fortier PR. And I've heard about Mark for a really long time because he's among the top names in the New York publicity world as it relates to business books and only had the chance to meet him for the first time this year. So I'm really glad to have you on the show today, Mark. And as we dive into our conversation today, I hope you'll take a moment to tell our listeners about about yourself and about your work in the world. Thrilled to be here, Becky. Thanks so much for having me. I am often asked what I do for a living and to insiders in publishing, they're often like, wow, you work with all my heroes. And when I talk to people outside of publishing, they often need a long explanation of what I do. So to try to make it as simple as possible, I'd say I am a book publicist and particularly often with business books. And I run a PR agency called 48 Public Relations. We're 25 people based in Manhattan. And we try to have a multi-channel approach to promoting books. So most people, when they think of a PR agency, they think of media placements. And that's definitely the core of what we do and one of our specialties. But we also try to look at ourselves as partners in success for a book in all possible ways. And these days, there's lots of channels that can help a book succeed. So there's podcasts, we have a full-time podcast booker. There are events. So we have an events manager who sets up events. We help coach people on their social media strategy, tapping their network, which is incredibly important for authors, and being their coach in all ways. So basically, you could think of ourselves as if you want your book to succeed, there is your guide and your coach. And the ones who try to make a book happen and make a big splash in the media, social media, and anywhere else that people look for books. That's helpful. And so, Mark, you mentioned that people who are aware of business books are saying that you serve their heroes. So I'm going to give you a chance to shout out some of the big name authors you've had the chance to support because I know you've supported multiple New York Times bestsellers, Wall Street Journal bestsellers. So go ahead and brag for a minute about your client list. Okay, sure. Um, let's see. So we've worked over 135 bestsellers. We've done 18 number one bestsellers. There's also a, a ranking of the Thinkers 50 list of the top thought leaders in the world. So we work with 33 out of the 50. Some of them include Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin. We worked with several government officials from Robert Rubin, the former Treasury Secretary. We've got a book coming out with Henry Kissinger later this fall. So really a wide range of authors from some of the, the most commercial best-selling authors to business school professors. We've worked with 22 Fortune 500 CEOs. So this next month, we've got the CEO of uh, Best Buy coming up as one of our next CEO books. And we've worked with the CEOs of Starbucks and Citigroup and 
Deloitte and Southwest Airlines and see Dunkin' Donuts and all kinds of things. So it's funny how in this niche of business books, there's actually an incredible amount of breadth and types of authors, the types of topics they get into. We like to feel like we're connectors of ideas that have impact in the business world. So it's to me, it's the most exciting part of business to, to be in. Very cool. We'll definitely include a link to your website in the show notes so people can take a look uh, to see more. So we've been focusing this month, Mark, on author websites, and especially as it relates to this world of media relations, I'm wondering from your point of view, what media outlets are looking for when they land on or visit an author's website? Yeah, great question. So they're certainly looking for credibility and credentials. I see a lot of different styles for author bios, and it could be that different things appeal to consumers as opposed to media. But I find that sometimes authors have a very anecdotal bio that's, here's what I'm about, and I'm into this and I'm into that. And a journalist wants to just zoom in and see what's the credential. If I'm quoting them in a piece, what do I call them? A lot of times that can be fuzzy. So if you know someone's CEO of a company, that's super clear. If they're a business school professor at Harvard Business School, that's super clear. Um, if they're a writer and they have a podcast and maybe they're a leadership coach, and they do some consulting, and there's five things in their bio. Those are all great things to have in the bio, but the journalist is probably only going to pick one. So it's really important to have that sequence of things in your bio and meeting with, okay, if I could only choose one name for what I am and what I do, what would that be? And preferably in very simple, concrete terms. There's often a press page or media page on a website and that can often have two different things. So it's great to show your most impressive media you might have been in already, even if that's just a little quote in whether it's New York Times or Fast Company or whatever it might be. That's definitely worth bragging about. Sometimes you'll see the brand. So you'll see a logo for Fast Company. Click here just to read the full story. The brands are almost more important than the stories. People don't spend a lot of time on websites so you want to have it tailored to quick attention spans. So they're going to be more impressed to open up a page and see, wow, there's Fast Company, there's CNBC, there's all these media outlets, probably not going to click on it to read the whole story. So it's the brands that really matter. And then it's helpful to have tools for the media. So one thing I love is when authors have downloadable photos. There is always a scramble of a journalist wants to do a story on an author and either they've set up the interview or maybe they just want to write it even without talking to the interview and they need to run the photo, the story, and they're on deadline. And there's just always a scramble back and forth of where do I find this photo? Who has the photo? If you have it all there, easy to download themselves. You've made it so easy. And it's often great to have a selection of photos. Like we've all seen the standard headshot for authors, which is definitely the most important one to have and have it in color, standard headshot. But some of them like to have alternatives. So a full length body uh, shot, sometimes a formal one, sometimes an informal one, maybe a horizontal one, gives that graphic designer a few options to work with. So I'd say the most important things are the bio and downloadable photos, and then just brag about any media that you've gotten. And I would think about the sequencing too. Sometimes people put the sequence of their most recent 
coverage in the media, I think it's better to lead with the most impressive. So if you recently did some blog or journal, but you did New York Times 10 years ago, still put New York Times first. That's super helpful. So what about the idea of a press kit? How important is a press kit for an author? And what should that press kit include? Yeah, so that's definitely something that's changed a lot. So press kits are still done. They still should be done. The world, as Becky knows, has gotten a lot more digital. And during the pandemic, even more digital. So typically, a press kit is printed and mailed with the physical book to the journalist that you're trying to get to cover the book. During the pandemic, and particularly, we're mostly emailing PDFs and electronic galleys to media. So they're getting an attachment of a press kit, and they're probably less likely to look at it. So press kits are still good to do. We can go over what should be in it. But I almost think that the pitch is the most important element of all, and that sometimes the press release or the press kit gets overemphasized. The main thing you're trying to do is fight for the attention span of the media that you're sending to. And that's probably going to be an email that's in their box along with 500 other people pushing their books and their topic to that same person. So your goal is to interest. So think less about, oh, I'm trying to announce my book, this formal announcement to write a book report about it. But one goal, one goal is to interest this recipient, this journalist in as fast a way as possible. And they would way prefer less is more. So grab their attention with a fantastic headline. Think of what's the one sentence in the body of your pitch that's going to just completely boil down what this book is about and why it's significant and why it's newsworthy, new or or different. So that's really your most important goal. I would spend the most time on that, even though it's the shortest. If you can also do a press kit, the press release tends to be more of a summary about the book and the full contents. And then we always do a full page bio as well as a short bio that gives journalists a choice of, I'm going to, in a flash, see what this person's credentials are, who they are. And if I'm writing a profile, here's a lot more color and their full story that I can pull things out from. And then last but not least is what we call the author Q&A. So for all of our book press kits, we will think hard about we were a journalist, what's the ideal story and interview that we would do with the author? And we think very hard about what's the first question, what should be the last question. It isn't just a jumble of questions that pops into our head, but we have to think like a journalist of, okay, that reader, what's going to pull them in? And they have no context about this book or who this person is. So how are we going to get that across clearly? and hold their interest, and then dig deep into the topic enough, and then pull out of it with a conclusion that ties it all together. And the Q&A is a great exercise for lots of reasons. So it's a wonderful way to prep for your media training. A lot of authors, they just they written the book, they're clearly a master at it, and they just launch into interviews and haven't really thought about, oh, well, how do I sum this up into my key points? And what would my ideal interview be? Like, if you know what your most ideal interview is going to be like, then you actually do have a lot of control over where the journalist is going to go and the substance of your interview. Thanks, Mark. Well, I'd like to tap into your deep expertise in landing media wins. I know your team does a lot of pitching major media outlets. 
So what are the types of qualities that you look for in an author or a client who will have the opportunity to land the most desirable media? You talked about impressive media brands like the New York Times or Fast Company or the Today Show. So what does it take for an author to be able to win media at that level? Yeah. um, So we work with a lot of famous authors and we also work with a lot of first-time authors who have really not much profile yet, but they have a fantastic topic that we really believe in and that has potential. So I think sometimes authors are intimidated and think, oh, I'm not yet famous. I'm not a big name. So no one's going to pay any attention. They very well can if you've got a great topic, if you deliver it well, if you give great sound bites. This might be a weird question, but as I'm listening to, I'm wondering if you have any stories of like the most surprising media wins you've landed or the most exciting ones that you'd be willing to share with our listeners. I've told this story for so long that it's sticks to the brain is always a good instructive story. So the first book I worked on when I founded the firm was Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. And I got the Today Show and I got the CNBC, but the CNBC stories is very instructive. So I sent the book to my contact there. It was a great long conversation. She said, oh my God, this is the best book I've read in ages. I love it. So I'm like, great. When can we book it? She said, of course not, Mark. You know better. We're a news network. So we can't put on an author to just talk about their book and the topic. We need a news angle. So a week or two went by and it was coming out around January, February. And so the Super Bowl was coming up. And so I pitched her, well, how about you have the authors on to talk about the stickiest Super Bowl ads? And boom, producer loved it. They gave her the angle that she needed. And she put the authors on and we illustrated the whole segment. So it shows how important getting an angle is for the media. And there's a big difference between being topical and having a hard news angle. So for example, right now, and I are talking in the, uh, the hopefully close to end of the pandemic. So, you know, right now, things like the hybrid workforce is a topical angle. It's something that people are talking about and you can get certain types of media with that, but there's other angles that are day of news. So, a week or two ago, there was a news story that Goldman Sachs was, because of burnout, going to give Saturdays off to their employees, aren't they, generous? <laughs> and that was a news story that hit that day of the announcement and got all this kind of buzz all over the place. So, of course, we jumped on that with our workplace authors as a hard news day of news peg. And there's some media, particularly the broadcast News networks like CBC or Fox Business or Bloomberg, they really need that day of news peg. So, Mark, were you able to land any media connected to that story that you just referenced? We've had a number. So, uh, yeah, we have an author writing on the book, Wellbeing at Work. So we got some placements for that. We have a book coming up called Digital Body Language, which that we have been playing off of the hybrid workforce angle, which, as I said, that can open up some types of media like print. So we just got today an entrepreneur magazine story on that tied to the hybrid workforce. So we have several processes that we're always running at the same time. So we're pitching the book to people cover books. We're watching the news every morning and trying to look at the news through the lens of our book's messages and look for angles. So we're always trying multiple approaches at the same time. And if there is a news angle, our process usually is 
we might spot it first. We email it to our author. We ask them, what's your take on this news angle? And then have some good back and forth between us because it's good to tell CNBC, yes, I've got an author who can address what just happened today in the news. It's better if you can say, I have an author who can address what happened in the news today. And here is her take on that story. Her opinion is X. And then they might think, ooh, that's very surprising opinion I wouldn't have expected, or we're having another person on who has the opposite point of view, wouldn't that make a fantastic segment? So really getting the author's take on a new story is super important. And then once we have that, we might work with them to draft an op-ed because you have to pounce on those fast and to pitch interviews at the same time. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing insights with us today, Mark. I could ask you questions all afternoon. I could ask you tons as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe someday we'll turn the tables. But for today, we want to make sure that we do two things as we wrap up this episode. One is we want to let folks know how to find out more about you and your work. And then we also want to leave them with a couple of action steps, ideas that they can implement today in growing the reach of their books. So let's start with how folks can find out more about you. And then if you can add an action step or two for folks to implement today? Yeah, sure. So uh, our website can be found at fortierpr.com, F-O-R-T-I-E-R-P-R.com. And my Twitter handle is at bizbookpr. And yeah, there's a lot that authors can do on their own to, uh, to promote a book. So I'd say one is you can write byline articles or op-eds. You can either do that immediately on LinkedIn or Medium. You can also, one trick is to Google the name of the outlet you want and then contributor guidelines. And usually you put that combo together and boom, voila, comes up some directions of we accept authors to write op-eds and we want 600 words and we either love bullets or we hate bullets and all the guidelines you'd ever need. And then you can pitch them directly. Let's see. I also recommend, as we were talking about the news, you can absolutely do that tracking the news of yourself. And very often media will will like peer-to-peer contact with an author, either on Twitter or LinkedIn or just tracking down their email address. Some of those are public information that you can look up and find yourself. And they'll appreciate it if you're an expert. And especially if, let's say, you're complimenting them on an article that they wrote and saying, I actually did some research on that. And here's finding that you might find of interest with a different angle if you cover this angle in a different way next week. There's also services that you can subscribe to for free. A great one is Harrow, H-A-R-O. Another one is Quoted, with a funny spelling of Q-W-O-T-E-D. And it's basically a message board where hundreds of journalists every day will say, I'm writing a story on X topic. I'm looking for an expert to interview or quote. They might need a particular type of credential and you can just directly apply and just really follow the instructions carefully. They won't like it if you respond and say, hey, I saw your arrow, come quote me. Like, you know, they'll have very specific questions, write the answers in the email and don't stray from the guidelines. Just do what they ask for and nothing more. There's also podcast services now, which might land smaller podcasts. Like, you know, we always try to go for the big ones. Um, this week, we, we booked uh, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. We've got Tim Ferriss coming up in a week. But there's a lot of podcasts that are on some of these subscription services for a very inexpensive fee. You can subscribe. And similar to Harrow, you can say, do a posting on, here's my topic. I'm an expert on this. 
and then you'll get some podcast bookings out of it. So there's lots of things that you can do on your own. Thank you so much for sharing those. I actually picked up a new tip that I hadn't known about, which is amazing. I appreciate you investing some time with us. And I look forward to our continued collaboration. Mark, take good care. You're the best, Becky. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. I also hope you'll check out our course, The Book Marketing Action Guide, where we outline the four phases of book marketing with valuable resources to serve you at every stage of your author journey. Find out more at weavinginfluencelab.com.